thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to Staff Room 101. And I can see Lucy's in here. Lucy, I'm going to add you as a speaker. Uh, just so we can get started, it's Staff Room 101, hashtag Staff Room 101 is back. You know, I'm I'm going to pick that apart a little bit. I, you know, I, for me, I don't think that feel I, Staff Room 101 has been anywhere. Welcome, Lucy. Hello, Nathan. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. You, you know, we titled this space uh, Staff, hashtag Staff Room 101 is back. I'm saying it hasn't ever been away. It's been quietly <laughs> in the background grumbling and griping and complaining i haven't been anywhere i've been as bitter and twisted as i have always been and staff from 101 is is still here we're still here to complain right we're still here to throw some of the things into the fabled room 101 (coughs) copyright staff room 101 we're going to get rid of some stuff from education right yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here for it. I think we've got, well, we've got a lot. I mean, there's always going to be a long old list, isn't there? And we'll just, uh, we'll see how much of it we can get through. Okay, well, what I need you to do, because I need to actually go back into the Twitter space and pin some tweets to this so that we don't forget, <laughs> of course, you know, as always, Teachers Talk Ready, brought to you by John Cat, uh, publishers of some amazing books. I'm going to pin that tweet in the thing. Can you fill for maybe like, I don't know, 30 seconds while I pin the pin tweet? <laughs> Tell me something about, t- tell us about your week, Lucy. Tell us what's been going on while I've been oh, that tweet. Well, you know, I mean, normally this is actually my, my late show space. So normally I do a bit a bit of this. And uh, so to those of you who aren't familiar with it, I do tend to go through the, the hilarities of, uh, of recent times. And um, this week has been no exception, really. I mean, I think that my year fives are as balmy as ever. I mean, one of them decided today that he now identifies as a frog. And so was hopping around my classroom today, as uh, as one does. So that that was uh, that was interesting to to watch. I mean, of course, you know, we let we let freedom reign amongst children to you know to to be be who they want to be. So today he wanted to be a frog, and that was great. Um, what else is uh, what else is going on? I mean, it's just it's just all a bit crazy, I think, because this has been a very short half term, and uh, we're we're rolling into Easter. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I am so ready even though it's only been uh, four and a half, not quite four and a half weeks at this point. Um, I just, oh, honestly, it's been, I can't believe we're actually two thirds of the way through through the academic year as well. And it's all been, it's all been a bit, a bit mad, to be honest. Nate, how are you getting on? Yeah, see, I've done it. I've pinned that tweet there. We are yeah, up and you... running, right? You'll notice I have joined the space, but I'm not talking from my, I am, I'm on the teacher's talk one, but I've joined it just so people can see my face. And that's a, it's a vanity thing, really, <laughs> but but I have jo- also joined the space as well as hosting the space from the Teachers Talk Radio thing. Now I've got, I've got a question for you here. I've I've, I've just um, uh, like you know we are staff from one hundred and one. So for those of you new to this, it is um, very close without infringing on copyright to the TV show based on the book George Orwell book. Um, you know where we uh, we nominate things. Hopefully, people will call in, but also we nominate things uh, to 
talk about to get rid of from teaching. We're going to put them into staff renewal and then they're gone from education. So there have been some things before. Unfortunately, I have like an absolutely shocking memory and uh, our normal Tom HB isn't here. He normally remembers things we put in. So if, if we go over, there are some things I remember we've already put into staff room 101. There are some things I don't remember at all. Um, but we, I do have a long, do you want to hear the list first of all? I'll give you the list and then I've got something else I want to ask you about. This is what we can pick from, Lucy. You ready? Go for it. Okay, right. And and listeners as well, you know, if there is something on here that that you think, hey, right, that's my thing. I can rant. That is the hill I want to die on. That's the educational <laughs> hill for me. This is it. I'm going to rant about that. Or maybe you hit something on here and you're like a passionate advocate for this works best if it's, you know, a, a debate, right? We need someone for and someone that that's that's what we're going for. That's where we're pitching it at. So I'm going to go through the list. Okay. Uh, that we have to discuss and these are things that haven't been in yet so cursive writing that's on there so that joined up yeah i'm guessing you still yeah, there, I mean, yeah 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 no i mean i i definitely that's definitely one of my one of my peeves as someone who has never as a as a teacher uh, cursively written on a on a on a board and has never been called on it so yeah okay keep going okay so well that well that's on there if there's anyone in here who's passionately for or against cursive writing me personally i hate pre-cursive writing which is where you do the lead-ins and the exit bits but you never actually join it together and it looks awful i hate that because they bunch it all together too many lead-ins and, and tails whatever we call them right oh, also on there year year four times table check that's from england uh... right the year four times table check um, Shakespeare at GCSE. Still flogging yeah. that one, are we? Okay. Well, there's a lot to be said there. Shakespeare at GCSE. Fronted adverbials. Ah! My favourite thing. As a, as a previous year four teacher, fronted adverbials is one of my favourite things ever. Love talking about that. So that's on there. Uh, compulsory PE, we might get into. So if there's anyone who Ooh. loves compulsory PE or hates compulsory PE, that's on there. Uh, single sex schools. Could be interesting. Uh, did, Lucy, did you go to a mixed school? Is that what we call I, it? I was, I was all girls all the way through, so I'm actually not an advocate for it. Uh, well, you could have been, you could have been all girls all the way through and for it. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I know, but, it, but it definitely, that definitely backfired, I think, on, 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 on me. Okay, so we've got that one. Non-striking unions, class sizes of more than 30, traditional gradings, so A to E rather than numbers. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I really don't understand the person that's for that. So if you are listening and you put in traditional grading systems, let me know. Uh, external CPD, RAG meetings, no idea. Any ideas? Not a clue on that one, I'm afraid. I feel like I probably I know, should know. I know like RAG ratings where it's like red, amber, green, and you say like met, not met. So I've heard that. Upper pay Isn't scale. It, how does it mean Sorry. moderation, maybe? Is that linked to moderation? Mm. No? If anyone knows what the RAG in RAG meeting stands for, we'd love to hear from you. But certainly, because otherwise we might be throwing the wrong thing into Staff from 101. Who knew? Who knows? Uh, upper pay scale. Okay. That, that'd be an interesting <laughs> one. Upper pay scale going in. That would significantly cut costs for a lot of schools. Not in a good way. Um, yeah. And uh, then uh, someone wants to put the... 1,265 hours, the 1,265 hours, that's directed time, right? So they want yeah. to put, I, I don't know if they want to put directed time in. If you hate directed time, now's your time to call. So anything on that list, Lucy, anything, okay. jump back at you. And, and feel free to wax lyrical because I'm going to change the name of the space while you do it. 
Oh gosh, there's so many of these. And as a primary teacher, the 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 cursive handwriting one, I think, is it's time for that to die. I mean, really, it's. I don't get me wrong. I think handwriting is important, and I've talked about this. I think I've done a show on this in the past, and I cannot expect children to write in a way that I actually cannot model. And there was no way uh, that I was going to, when I teach a trained, teach my reteach myself how to write. I just teach a trained at twenty six. Like it was not going to to happen. And my stance with children is, as long as it is legible, that that's fine. And I think that whilst, yeah, whilst it's important that children still handwrite a few things, the vast majority of the exams of the things that they do are going to be on computers. And, you know, certainly when I went to university, I didn't handwrite a, a thing, really, because and that was only I mean, that was 2008 to 11 was my was my undergrad. So I really do feel that pressurizing children to write in a certain way, which for a lot of them does not work for various reasons be it through fine motor skills be it because of the paper that they are writing on and white lined paper as we are well aware for a lot of children does not work either um i had a revelation early on in my career where um i highlighted a child's uh, lines in in green highlighter and okay it wasn't a perfect solution but the difference because you couldn't see the lines you couldn't see the lines to write on and it went from being absolutely incomprehensible and looking like a ransom note to something that I could just about make head or tail of so yeah cursive writing can definitely do one along with um hand I mean when I say handwriting practice I don't mean kind of again I think it's something that needs to be to be worked on but it can be worked on during a during an English lesson, if children are writing something up in neat, for example, I, I think having kind of dedicated handwriting time, sort of certainly further up the school, unless it is desperately needed, is one of those things where I'm just like, no, no. Okay, Nathan? I love it. I love it. Right. I, I love where we're going with this. And I've tweeted out, I've just tagged you in it as well. So that all of the grief is coming your way. Oh, right? thanks very much. That you want to bin off handwriting. Yeah. Cursive handwriting, not handwriting. Okay. Full stop. I think we need to okay. be. I think we need to caveat this. Well, I apologise. I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly sure that we've got some. Well, I see HB's here. He's probably going to tell me that um, we've already binned off handwriting because you know what my memory's like. Absolutely shocking. But if there is an English, I can already see English teachers here. I can see them chomping at the bit. Right. You know. Do, Brilliant. Are you know? But are they pro? Are they not? Who knows, right? Um, HB, how are you doing, mate? Good Good right. evening. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. How are you, I'm mate? still at work. No! Still at work. Yeah, um, to be fair, I have two cameos in the school's production, which is going ahead tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. Offset day two is tomorrow. So we finished oh, rehearsing at gosh. half six, and now I'm just printing everything for tomorrow. So, um, okay. I, right now, Tom, I'm not interested at all. No, in I know. Stuff, we'll come on right? to that later, I'm sure. No, no I, cameos. <laughs> I want to know about these cameos. <laughs> so do I. When you say cameo, you know, you, we, we will get back to handwriting, I promise, Lucy. Cameos, HB. How's your knowledge of Bugsy Malone? <gasps> You're doing Bugsy... Okay, I love right. it. Love Lucy, it, love do you it, know? It. You know right, pause, Tom. 
Okay, listeners, uh, what role, what is going to be the cameo that Tom H.D. is doing in Bugsy Malone 2? Same same person, or... Um, I, I, honestly, I don't know. I've just been raped into it. Okay, brilliant. Right, if you know Bugsy Malone, uh, then Lucy, who do you think... Go, You go first. Who is H.B. going to cameo in, in his school's production of uh, Bugsy Malone? I think um, one of kind of the sort of idiot members of Fat Sam's <laughs> gang. Didn't that, we could have been anything. No, that's the other one, isn't it? No, it's that one. We could have yeah. been. I, I can't sing too much because we'll get taken off air. Lucy, we will. There's a 15 second clip and then we're, we're done. Um, I'm oh, going gosh, for right, yeah. Babyface. You know, there's a bit. It was played by Dexter Fletcher, who went on to be in Lockstock and things like that. Famous. Uh, him, where they turn to him and they go, Give this to Babyface, give this to Babyface, give this to ba-. and he's at the end and he says, Give this to Babyface. Oh, I am Babyface. I'm showing my age. HB, are either of us right? To be honest, I have no idea. I'll tell you what I'll do. Are oh. you ready? Number one, go in on. Act One, I am one of the people who does an audition. Mm-hmm. Act Two, I get knocked out at Do You Want to Be a Boxer? Oh, do you want to be? So you want to be a boxer? That one, yeah, I know I exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that, but I'm trying to think if that character is. A, I, I, I think you might be a bit part unnamed. Character, I'm an unnamed right? character. Yeah. Don't you worry. It's only a cameo. Yeah, but like some have a bigger impact. No, I don't have a big impact at all. Right? It's just for show. <laughs> just for show. They needed someone to get knocked but out. Basically, I, I vetoed nice. being in the band this year, so they punished me like that. They punished you by pun- Making me saying that you had to get punched. Right, any anyway, handwriting. Right, back to handwriting. Yeah, handwriting. HB as a secondary history teacher, yeah. right? Um, and and other things as well. Um, but as secondary history, is handwriting important to you? Is young people's handwriting important? In the top twenty of my priorities, it's not in there. Yeah. Not even top twenty. Not top twenty. Right, I'm for I a... think I, I could. Uh, see... My issues with handwriting purely come from the exams and GCSEs and A levels, and simply being able to read it as an examiner. Now I have examined. <sighs> I've read some shocking handwriting. Never have I been able to not work out what is being said. So I don't. We. I don't want to work on handwriting. All I just want is make sure that somebody can read it. Cursive. We can bin. Don't care if it's cursive, but yeah, I don't honestly. So long as I can read it, I don't mind. No, it pains me. It pains me right now. Both of you, a primary teacher as well, Lucy. Shocking. And 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 Tom, I hate. I absolutely hate when I hear secondary teachers saying like, "Oh, as long as I can read it in the exam." I that is not. You know, this is. I, I don't know. It, that is not the point of cursive. That is not the, the, the I, I need someone to back me up here. English teachers, come on. But if, if we're putting handwriting, something. if we're putting handwriting stuff in one hundred and one, we also have to put doctors right. in staff room one hundred and one because no one can read their yeah, handwriting. Not... Well, that's the point, man. Look, and they got they're, they're, they've been doctors. They've done um, five years of medical training. Yeah, Nobody cares that's about a their bad thing. The fact that you can't read their handwriting is a bad thing. Right, uh, Miss Evans, well, hello. Hello. Um, so, Hi. give us your like, what's your, what's your uh, your your background, like qualifier for, for, for where you know what's your skin in the game? Uh, well, I'm an English teacher, and I was actually doing English. I was doing handwriting practice with Year Seven today. 
Fantastic. Right. Why is handwriting important? Why did you bother doing that? Well, today? first of all, I like calligraphy. So if you take away cursive handwriting, that's something that when I was younger, I really enjoyed. So some of it is an arty <laughs> thing. Um, but mostly there are studies that show that students have sat, they're mainly American studies, that show students that yeah. handwrite their answers actually do better in tests and assessments and anecdotally in my own experience when we have students who complete their assessments or their exams formally on the computer they actually perform worse particularly with spelling grammar and punctuation so motor memory is really important for those types of things um, so whenever we see children who might be allowed to use a laptop or act to type in an exam it does always worry me because they don't ever perform as well when all of the uh, tools are turned off Okay. Yep. See, it's right. So what have you got to say to that, Lucy? I see the point and I think that I've never said that handwriting is not important. It's just this whole cursive element. So this is where this is where I think it's important to distinguish between the two. I think forcing children to write in a certain way that and you and Nathan, you've already said you hate these lead-ins and all the rest of it. I don't think that it is necessary to write cursively to write legibly. I still think that handwriting things is important. I still think that there needs to be, I, I have um, my children at school still have uh, English books and we, we handwrite mo most things rarely, mainly because they, it's actually faster for them to handwrite things than type than two finger type them. But uh, I, um, this idea that it needs to be and also cursive has changed do you loop your y's and g's do you not loop your y's and g's do all letters join do all letters not join and it's gone up and down and round and round like all these things have and uh yeah it's i think that you know my i stand by my stance of as long as i can read it i'm fine okay so lucy at the moment you, you know because you've, you've gone into it there and we're a little bit niche and I know we've got some people from lots of different areas, you know, maybe haven't spent too much focus on. So when we're talking about there's printing, which is where you just write the letter, there's precursive, which if anyone remembers, you start on the line and you finish on the line. So if you imagine those A's where the A starts on the line, then it goes up and loops around and then it goes back down to the line to help it join up. That's We call that precursive sometimes. And it's that first like learning to, to shape those joints as they go in. Then when we join it all up, we call that cursive. And so it's joined up. And, and the only thing I would add there, I'm going to add Brent in, Brent in a second. I can see he's re uh, requested. But um, the point of joining is it's quicker. That's what I would say. The point of joining is it's quicker when you're good at it, right? This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Can I jump in there, though? Because I've noticed with my yeah, year sevens is that when they come up to us, um, I, where they've been taught, I think they've been pushed into cursive maybe too early. Um, I do think cursive, I agree, is, it's faster. So it's definitely something that the students need to practice, I would say, for exams when they get older. But I find a number of our students, when they come up to us, haven't been able to handwrite precursive or print correctly. And then they've been pushed through into writing with cursive. Um, and they're not actually forming letters. So I had three students sit around me today. We were just practicing actually the different shape and heights of letters. Um, 
and how they join them correctly and stop them floating about. And I think sometimes students are maybe pushed into cursive too soon. So that, I mean, I'm not in a primary setting, but that's what it seems like from my, from where I am. Yeah, I bet they were after a pen license. That's a whole other <laughs> yeah, thing. Probably. I bet they were, you know, they pushed them in. Now, I see Brent's joined us. Brent, where's, you know, where's your, who, who are you backing in this game? Where's your, where, where's your allegiances lie? Well, I'm, I'm going to contradict uh, Tom HB as a historian myself and, and, and suggest that it drives me absolutely to despair when I see 15 and 16 year old kids who have regressed. They've got the secondary and they've absolutely regressed. And, and literally when you see how lazy they get with their handwriting, it is, it's, it's almost shocking when I compare some of the children's say, primary school books with their secondary school books. And it's just indicative of, of the way our children are as they get older of almost like, now oh, that'll do. Ah, that's fine. That's good enough. So I, I do, I am quite pedantic about it. Same as paragraphs. When they do this thing, when they put two, two slashes for a paragraph and I'm like, what? what what's this? And you're looking at like a two page smorgasbord of writing where it's just scratched in. You think, no. So I, I, I'm old school pedantic on this thing. Handwriting is important because yeah, it has to be read. But as I often say to the children, you don't know who's reading your script and they just judge it based on what it's, what's there and, and yeah i get to know the kids handwriting and i can sort of decipher sometimes using hieroglyphics some children but i sort of think when you get to 15 16 years old they've just got sloppy they just got and, and that needs sort of to be honest that needs sorting out so yeah i i'm a bit old school in it i think uh, handwriting is important because they have a lot of businesses now actually they get children to they get people young people to handwrite their applications because they do use um the likes of calligraphy to judge a certain personality and stuff. I know that Coca-Cola do that. So they ask for a handwritten, um, and, and it is an old skill in some ways because in the future, they probably won't use it as much. But you can tell a lot. Funny that you can tell a lot from the work by handwriting. And I think, so I often tell the kids, you, you, you don't know how many exam scripts your examiner's got. And when they're trying to read through your work, they haven't got the patience that I have or the knowledge I have about the certain children. And I think there's a massive disadvantage to some children if they haven't learned to handwrite properly. Um, and certainly some of the boys might be gender, too gender biased in it, but I, you can even tell the gender sometimes of a sloppy boy who thinks, yeah, that'll do, versus the, the neat and tidy bubble writing, or I like to call it the orange on a toothpick. Because uh, I love those children. Right, Brent, I, I'm I'm going to pull you up on on this, like uh, using. So we're going to go through. I'll, I'll go through some of our callers. I'm sorry, I'm yeah, yeah. embarrassed all of you. Right, so um, I'm I'm going to um, go through. I've pulled up just the first website of what does your handwriting say about you. So Lucy, I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with size of letters. Okay, are you large letters, average size letters, or small letters when you write? I would say average. Average. You are well adjusted and adaptable. This suggests. <laughs> okay that's what it says <laughs> no so, there you go we've done that okay tom hb still with us unfortunately yeah okay so this next one is about slanting you know where it like it's italic or not do you uh no slant do you slant to the right or do you slant to the left no slant controlled no i'm no level-headed slant. it says no slant you don't let your emotions get the best of you. You tend to be logical and practical. Clearly not true, so stop whatever you're doing and move on. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Miss Evans, and this is um, shape of letters, okay? You with this? So shape of letters. Are they rounded letters? 
Are they pointed letters? Oh, God. Or I don't know what this even means. Are they connected letters? Uh, <laughs> Say the three options again. So rounded, yeah. pointed, mm. or I don't know what connected I'm is. Sure that is one of the options. I'm going to go with rounded. Okay, then you are creative and artistic. Ooh, very nice. Okay, the, the final one I'm going to go to Brent for, and this is, uh, here we go, this will split the whole the whole of the education community, dotting your I's, okay? So, Brent, here are your options, and it will tell me a great deal about your personality. So, do you dot high over the I's? Do you slash for the dot of your I's? So, I guess like a kind of um, apostrophe type thing. Do you circle, like a little circle, or do you dot right over the I? Uh, I slash um, and Celtic, the Celtic slash. Okay, uh, well, here we go, Brent. You are overly self-critical. You don't have a lot of patience for inadequacy or people that don't learn from their mistakes. <laughs> and that's what that says about you. If anyone else would like me to... Hold on. Writing, no, no, it. only the first and the last one. What do you mean? Anybody who does the slash thing or circles yeah. is... No, I, I wouldn't trust them. What about hearts? <laughs> no, they can get in the bin. Absolutely not. Yeah, no circles, no, no hearts. Okay, no circles. I'm just having a look to see what else there is um, that's on this uh, as a thing. Um, uh, ooh, okay, um, so um, here we go. Uh, crossing your T's, okay? HB, seeing as you are less believing of this than anyone, I'm going to go to you again. The very top of your T, right? Right in the middle of your T, I guess to make it like a plus sign, long crosses, whatever that means, or short crosses. So is, it, is the bar long or is the bar short? Is it at the very top? Is it in the middle? It's long mm-hmm. and it's in the middle. Okay, so long says you're very determined and enthusiastic. However, you tend to be stubborn and have a hard time letting things go. Now, having hosted teeth, having hosted staff from one yeah, of on. 100%. Right. So there you go, listeners. If you wanted to know anything about your handwriting, <laughs> I, don't listen to Coca-Cola. That tells us absolutely nothing. Go no. and get a thought fortune teller. Um, <laughs> apart from the hearts bit, which I agree with. Um, now, we have not decided, and maybe a show of hands about whether this is going. We can get rid of our first thing, possibly first of all. Right, hey, before so, you do, yeah, I've go got on. a great story about crossing T's. Um, <laughs> so I had a child in my one of the first classes I ever taught who was meant to write Robin Hood killed a stag, but didn't cross his T. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. That, very, very do amusing. <laughs> right. Thank you. I don't know what that says about their handwriting and the child. Right. Now, we need a way of of voting. Uh, You know, there are symbols. I'm just going to demonstrate it. There are thumbs up now and there are also thumbs down. So uh, we we will go if you like that. If you like cursive handwriting, we will keep it with a thumbs up. If we want it to go in the bin, very like Julius Caesar kind of, you know, gladiator, thumbs down for it to be got rid of forever. So I'm just going to look around. Who's getting rid of? Who's actually... Oh, no, some thumbs up, thumbs down there. Oh, look, it's got some... Uh, I'm seeing more... I'm saying more thumbs down. It is 
Uh, I'm sure Tom HB would be able to tell me whether that's historically accurate from me or not. Lots of, oh, uh, lots of, uh, lots of thumbs down there. So uh, cursive handwriting, Lucy, you will be pleased, is going into staff room one. One, we have got rid of the need for cursive. No more joining. No more precursive. No more worrying about that. We'll all print from now on. Uh, we can still write. But there we go. Off it goes. Right. Lucy, what are we going to do next? Do you want to hear the list again? Or should we see, is there anyone going to call in and nominate something to get rid of from education? You can I call in by... Throw it out to the room. Yeah, you can call in by clicking that call in button if you want to put something into stuff from one of them. There's plenty to complain about. There is a plenty uh, to complain about in education at the moment. Uh, and we will hopefully get rid of it. Or we can revert to our list if no one's there. They're shy. They're shy at the moment. Okay, so should we should we do well, let's do one more and then let's see if anyone uh, is inspired to um, jump we'll in. Bring so them out Nathan... of their sh- we'll bring them out of their shell, Lisa. It's okay. Yeah, your your you turn to pick. I think out. I think I I took cursive and ran, ran with that. So this is this is your pick. Okay, um, so we've got rid of cursive. Uh, the things that were left, if anyone's interested, year four times table check. We got Shakespeare at GCSE. Shakespeare at all, I would say, because some schools now do it in, in primary. I would as, as well. Um, oh, front... I'm shocked by that idea. Seriously? Oh, we've got an English teacher here, Miss Evans. Come on. Do you like I'm Shakespeare? I'm currently, Mark, I've got Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I see in my lap right now. Okay, we're going to do Shakespeare, Lucy, right? Okay, um, I'm in. I'm going to come to you last, Miss no Evans, problem. right? As the expert. In oh, the no. Room. I'm going to go to, I'm going to work, well, it, it, most expert, you know. Oh, Miss Mag has, has offered to join us here. I'm going to add her as a speaker. Let's see. If she's bringing a new thing or if she wants to speak on... Miss Mac, are you going to talk on Shakespeare or have you got something new? No, I heard Shakespeare and I was like, yes, absolutely. Get me involved in this one. Okay, right. I'm going to hear from Miss Mac first as she is a guest with us. So we'll hear from Miss Mac. Then we're going to go round, hear some other views, back to our expert, Miss Evans, um, and, at the end. And we'll, we'll wrap it all together. So Miss Mac, what are your thoughts on teaching Shakespeare in primary, secondary, at all? Um, I think it should be taught at primary, secondary, and further on. Um, I love reading, watching, analysing Shakespeare. I find it very interesting. I find um, like the messages that you learn from his different plays still quite potent today, and the way that like Shakespeare was ridiculed in his society is still very prevalent in like today's world. Um, I think the like impact that Shakespeare has had on language can't really be overstated and to just not study any of his works or any of his plays seems like a massive oversight of curriculum to me. Oh, okay. And what current phase do you teach yourself? I teach uh, Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4. Okay, right. So, uh, but you'd be up for it being in in primary as well. You'd be happy if your year sevens came to you and they'd already done a bit of the bard. So my year sevens do do, um, that's funny, uh, Shakespeare from the majority of our feeder schools. They all study Macbeth at um, Key Stage 2 and they look at like language patterns and they, so I was doing Key Stage 2 moderation. So I was actually reading some of their work um and they were understanding like how characters change over a narrative and like why characters change like quite rapidly um so i, th- mm. I think it was really interesting like how they were analyzing it at key stage two and then obviously how that would evolve by the time they get to key stage four 
I, uh, you know, and this is going to blow people's minds because I, I currently have moved to secondary and uh, my um, GCSE cohort are going to be doing Macbeth. And I said, oh, that'll be cool. I can talk to them about it because we used to do it in year six. And it blew people's minds. So I'm going to throw to Lucy, who is primary teacher. Lucy, any uh, Shakespeare going on in your school? There is. And I think at year six, fine. I would not necessarily, not at a kind of analytical, critical level, take it below year six. Certainly there are uh, versions of the um, of the plays in, in the library that are kind of storybook versions. And I actively encourage children to take those out of the library from a, from a young age. But uh, in terms of actually looking at it in English, I, I actually got rid of, and I'm going to probably get chastised, I got rid of Hamlet from, from year five, uh, primarily because they, I mean, I am in an international school where some, I mean, I know in the UK as well, a lot of children don't have English as a first language. And it just, I don't know, maybe from my own lack of experience of teaching it, it just wasn't wasn't hitting right. But I think at, at year six level, and again, the year sixes do do uh, do. See, I've just done what Miss Mac did. Uh, study Macbeth, and they and they really like it, of course, at a at a certain level. Um, and I do absolutely think there is a, a a place for for Shakespeare throughout throughout school. Um, but you know, alongside a lot of other wide a wide variety of other stuff, I think would be right. my two cents on yeah. that i'm gonna to throw to tom hb do you bite your thumb at shakespeare that's a little shakespeare quote for those english teachers out there do you bite your thumb at it HB. i have no opinion on shakespeare <laughs> okay brilliant that's, that's, and that will be the end of my contribution because i'm going home good night night tom have a good one get some rest love tomorrow. you goes okay In, yeah have a good one um right brent um you know, is Shakespeare to die for? Oh, I see what you did there. Um, I am teaching a little. I am out. teaching a bit of key stage three English at the moment, along with key stage four physics and history and PhSE and a bit of geography. So you can tell how the shortage of staff at my school is work, working out at the moment, basically. But yeah, I, I'm from a purely selfish point of view. Um, it's really good to have the English department teach Shakespeare key stage four. Uh, because it nicely dovetails into my history curriculum when I teach Elizabeth. So it saves me a lot of trouble. So, yeah, it is. And I'd say this, I mean, from an Irishman's point of view, it'd be weird, you know, to have the English education system not teach Shakespeare. It's a bit like, you know, going to America and having no Mark Twain. You know, it, it would be very surreal that the rest of the world be learning Shakespeare, except the, the country that spawns Shakespeare. So it's, it's kind of, um, let's be honest with you, irrelevant in the sense that Shakespeare should be taught in English schools as culturally speaking significance. It's massively significant, not just from an English point of view, an English language point of view, but even on a global scale. Shakespeare is basically, you know, Shakespeare, he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the dawn, isn't he, really? So Yeah, okay. So you're saying, like, from a cultural point of view and a heritage point of view, we're kind of sold on it. Now, I did say we'd come back to Miss Evans at the end here. An English teacher, Miss Evans, Shakespeare, you know, what makes him the best or the worst? <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to go worst. Um, I think I think some plays are probably more suited to older students than younger students. So things like Leah, Hamlet, uh, Othello is on our A-level specification. And I'm currently teaching that to year 13. Um, we tend to do... Um, the Tempest you can actually make quite complicated, but we look at The Tempest, Macbeth, Romeo and Juliet, love a bit Midsummer Night's Dream. 
in key stage three. Um, Shakespeare stories, if you can approach Shakespeare in a way that makes it fun and interesting, they're great stories. Um, they can be exciting. Um, they can be terrifying, uh, horrifying. Um, and they've got fantastic characters in them and very interesting relationships. What I'd like to teach about Shakespeare as well is his understanding of the human condition and the relationships between people. And that's something that's always been picked out um, or cited as being something that's central to Shakespeare. Um, so I love, I love teaching. I love looking at the relationships between characters. We look at, um, you know, how story can begin in chaos and end with order. We can look at what happens to a character. Um, and with Year 13 as well, looking at Iago and Othello, we look at the illusion of truth and how repeated lies can create the illusion of truth. So we look, actually bring some psychology into it as well. Um, I can think Shakespeare can be very complex. It can open up um, lots of discussion about people, relationships, language. Um, but also I think they're great stories. Um, they can be really funny too. And there are some plays I really don't like. There are some I love, absolutely love teaching. Um, Full of Scorpions is my mind. I'll go around and kind of quote that at kids because I'm a little bit pathetic. Um, and look like the innocent flower, but be the serpent under it. I'm one of those naff English teachers that has like Shakespeare jumpers. So when I teach Macbeth, I put that on. Um, and students sort of put in cards to me um, at the end of the year. But I think if you just approach Shakespeare as, oh, it's poetic, it's difficult, it's a play. I think sometimes the lack of stage directions makes it some of the plays difficult to engage with. But if you come at it just from an it's difficult, it's hard language, then, you know, if you don't show an interest in it, the students won't. If you come at it from look at this fantastic story, look at how, um, look at this fantastic metaphor, look at how language is used over these different scenes, isn't that great? And you look at how it's impacted film or political speeches, you look at the psychology of it, it can be really interesting. I do think maybe with younger students in primary, the stories can be complicated, but I'd always think in year five, year six, if you can pick one of the, the shorter plays like Macbeth, um, something that's bloody, a bit gory, but interesting, make a judgment of a character. Students can start to judge the actions of people. Um, and then as you get older, I think there are plays that suit older students, but um, I think not to teach it would be a shame. And I, I do agree with this point on culture as well. Okay, well, on that point on culture, we're going to go to a little quiz here. Um, so I've pulled up a little quiz. This one's from uh, BuzzFeed. It's, is this quote, uh, and Miss Evans, you, you, you know, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is now. Is this quote Taylor Swift or is it Shakespeare? Are we ready? Lucy, you're going first. Oh, my God, this is outstanding. Okay. Oh, Here's the quote, okay? The quote is, I'd met you where the spirit meets the bones in a faith-forgotten land. Is that Taylor Swift or is that William Shakespeare? Shakespeare. It is not. That was that was Taylor no Swift way. from the song <laughs> Ivy. Okay, oh my God. Right. Rent. I, I realise I realise this might might not be your uh, your area of expertise. Big Taylor Swift fan. Rent. Oh yes. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. But too tall. Yep. She's, okay. she's cool. Okay. So here we go. This is the quote. Is it Taylor Swift? Is it Shakespeare? I do believe her, though I know she lies. Oh, that's Shakespeare. Okay, let's have a look. That was Shakespeare, correct. It was from Sonnet 138. Well done. Right, Miss Mack, are you ready for this? Yep, go on. Okay. Um, okay, the quote is, let me wipe it first. It smells of mortality. Oh. Taylor Swift or Shakespeare? <laughs> I, I don't recognise it. It's the Taylor Swift. 
It wasn't. It was Shakespeare. It's from King oh. Lear. Oh. There we go. Right, and this now for ultimate. Miss Evans, are you still with us? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is love a tender thing? Is it, t- is it too rough, too rude? Is love a tender thing? That is Shakespeare. Do you want to tell me where from? I'm going to go with Romeo and Juliet. Correct, it is. There we go. Look, see, I, I knew it. I had absolute faith in you. Round I imagine if I'd there. said Taylor Congratulations. Swift. Oh, <laughs> it could have been. Who knows? Um, there we go. Um, so well, there we go. So it turns out that, you know, Shakespeare is at least as important as Taylor Swift. Um, we're going to have to have a vote on it, guys. Um, so uh, those of you who are new to the studio, there's one way of voting, and it's the uh, gladiatorial way, which is thumbs up to save Shakespeare and thumbs down to bin off Shakespeare. Get rid of Shakespeare. So let's see, is it thumbs up or is it thumbs down from the audience here? Uh, what are we doing? We've got a lot of thumbs up. Everyone is wanting to save Shakespeare. Lucy, I think you've got your way there. Are, are you pleased? You're happy? I'm I'm all right with that. I think um, I think certainly it it it's got its place. But like with all these things, and uh, I've just seen some some tweets kicking around about certain issues with with teaching Shakespeare. But there's issues with a lot of the the literature we teach and a lot of the authors. And you take the uh, the recent thing with with Roald Dahl as well, and deciding whether they're going to rewrite it or not. So I think that it's important to to teach these things, but also to teach you know, what was going on at the time and, you know, how maybe we have moved on in certain ways. And, uh, yeah, it all fits in because you can't eradicate history. And I think this is Shakespeare is certainly a crucial part of English history and English literature. And uh, to to do away with that would be would be wrong. Uh, Yeah. And as is Taylor Swift, of course, which I expect to be on GCSE syllabuses very soon. Um, Right. We've got one more to go. I should give a big shout out if anyone who hasn't clicked on it yet there is a link at the top of this space um you know are you a reading teacher you really need to visit johncatbookshop.com give at johncatted a follow they help us out no end here at teachers talk radio and you definitely should click on that have a link through and yeah you know loads of good books there wonderful books um lucy where are we going to go next do we want to see is there anyone listening who wants to call out and uh, I'm just going to have a look through the tweets while we uh, we we work out what we're going to do next. Anything taking your fancy? Um, I mean, I again, we'll we'll throw out to the room first before before we we make a decision. I also probably need to hear the the list again at this point. But if anyone out there wants to, if there's something that's really annoying them at the moment, or really they feel would make a a good discussion, or maybe they feel that uh, they have a controversial opinion on and uh, want to want to stick stick their neck out obviously we would uh we would take care of you we'll look after you we won't vilify you completely so <clears throat> excuse me my voice is going now as as well so any takers anyone at all you know, the join the fun oh look missy h is here uh shaniqua are you there hi everyone hello oh. hi hello. hey You've just joined us. You've just missed out. We were talking about Shakespeare. Okay. And we've um, we've been doing Taylor Swift or Shakespeare. Do you want to do one? Okay. Hit me. I literally have just finished like I... a two-hour governing body meeting, but go on. Give it to me. I'm ready. Okay. Right. <laughs> Who coaxed you into paradise and left you there? Is that Taylor Swift or Shakespeare? Oh. Ta- Taylor Swift. 
It was Taylor Swift. It's from uh, the song Coney Island. Hey, look at oh, me. Look at do, me. There you go. Thank oh, you. You're doing well. Better than I better than I could have done on it. Well done. Um, uh, well, we won't give you too much hassle, but thank you for joining and, and having a bit of fun there. I can see Gareth has uh, requested as well. We're going to see what Gareth has, because it might be something to throw in. That's what I'm looking for, something to get rid of. Otherwise, he has to do a Taylor Swift. Gareth, Swift. I'm relying on you here. Gareth normally has Gareth. some good things up his sleeve. Not so far. Hello, everyone. Oh, not so far. Yeah. So, so is he? Where do you believe not, Nathan? Do you say? Oh, where do you believe not? Uh, yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, right. Um, uh, right. Uh, so, Gareth, have you got something to um, throw into Staff Room 101? Cluttered classrooms. <gasps> Cluttered classrooms. Can't stand right. them. Right. Uh, tell me. You can't stand them. No. Tell us Tell us a little bit about why, and I'm going to get that tweet out. Cluttered classrooms. Um a leadership course that many, many years ago looked at the way that um, I think it's one of the aerospace warehouses was set out and all the workstations are minimalistic and sort of smooth and there's transitions, it's clear. And they applied that to some of the, the practices, the leadership and how classrooms function. And I love the idea and I set it up in my class, stripped everything back of the clutter and it's just, it's just t- tidy and organised. And I find the classroom functions far better that's what I find. Okay. Right. Lucy, um, I'm imagining that your classroom is an absolute state. Am I right or wrong? Yes. Okay. Yes, you are. It's it's very I call it lived in. I call it lived in. And actually one one of the fe- <laughs> one of the feedbacks I had from an appraisal from my former head teacher out, out here before he, he moved on, he um he said to me, you know, Lucy, you're kind of you're doing great, you settled you settled in well, but please for the love of God will you tidy your desk? <laughs> Does anyone else have to teach in your classroom, Lucy? No. Actually, yes, the Portuguese Portuguese teachers do. Okay. So we're going to go round. Now, we're leapfrogging round, Lucy. So you have to guess whether Shaniqua's classroom is tidy or not. Go. Um, I know Shaniqua quite well. I think probably quite tidy, actually, even though she's quite sort of wild herself. Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> um, Lucy, I hate to disappoint you, but uh, I'm just like you. Oh, My desk chaos. Is, well, I know, absolute chaos. Abs- and you know what? I feel bad because, you know, I guess they say a clutter-free classroom is like the first step in creating a positive learning environment. But, you know, mm-hmm. I can't help it. I can't. And sometimes I try and tidy. I have a child in my class and she's like, miss, I'll tidy your desk. But I understand my mess. I understand it. You know what I mean, so but I think yeah. there's um, also yeah a setting an example here, and I do try. I mean, at the end of the day, I do tidy my desk every day. Now I never mm-hmm. used to, and mm-hmm. uh, but I just feel that primary classrooms. I mean, I think there is you've got to have some semblance of order for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also there is kind of two like if you know if children can't touch or use or move anything, then it's a bit like well, no, this is their space too. So I think you've got yes. to strike a balance. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I, like Gareth is, has got his hand up very politely. Gareth, are you going to come back at, at this because it's blowing my mind? <laughs> going back to that point, I'm not. I'm not advocating that classes are clinical and everything is immaculately put back. Well, it should be like organised chaos is fine. I think I've got a reputation in my school that I am the one that is organised chaos in class, but the class is stripped back. There's no clutter on the edges of the room. Everything's got its place. The children are taught those sort of habits about this is where this goes. It's tidy. But then other times, it's okay that the bomb does go off in class around art tasks or whatever else. But 
classes do need to be organised and clutter-free. That's my view. Okay, right. I'm going to go to uh, Brent. I'm looking for someone. If you are listening in and you are, you know, meticulously tidy, um, then we'd love to hear from you because, you know, we've got both sides here. We're trying to get an even debate. Brent, uh, are you a tidy person? Do you keep things in, in, in little specific places on your desk, in your classroom? Everything has its home, yeah. And usually yeah, most people would assume I'm not, but it actually keeps myself right because I've got so many things going on. But also during during the pandemic, um, one of the things I did around the whole school as part of my, my union job, and I decluttered classrooms. I literally, with the caretaker, just absolutely was ruthless and setting two metres apart. So one of the things that since then is is that we're using some other people's classrooms. It's terrible when you walk into somebody's classroom and you can't even find somewhere to put your diary on the table because it's just basically just papers everywhere. So I've got into that habit, actually. I, when I started out teaching, I was a bit of a clutter person. But now I've got a large enough classroom to be able to do it, and it's organised. Everything has its place. I even turn my my textbooks round facing the correct direction because it's nice when I look over and see my lovely wall of lovely books. They're all facing the right direction. And there will it be a child who goes over and puts the textbooks back and puts one round the wrong way? There's always one child that does that. So yeah, I've, I've subscribed to the decluttering club, and I think actually it does work because it sends a message to the kids, doesn't it? So about neatness and tidiness. So. Maybe it's an age thing, um, but I'm definitely a lot different than I was when I started out. When I started out, it was just Einstein's desk. Now I'm a bit more um, clutter-free. Yeah, definitely. Right, so we've got we, we, you know, positives there. It sounds like it's working for me. But Lucy, you got your hand up. Uh, what I would get rid of, though, are, speaking of clutter, and the thing that drives me absolutely bonkers are children's trays. Um, my partner teacher allows her children to keep their English books, math books, all that stuffed in their trays. I do not. They have they do absolutely have homes because I cannot cannot bear them to just be. And also their trays, they basically treat them like bins. So in that, I think I'm probably um, more minimalist than I actually realize. I think, you know, my own desk is quite, quite chaotic. But actually, in terms of kids stuff like I, I do not let them kind of hold on to their their books because they just get doodled on and 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 dog-eared and all and all the rest of it so that i suppose i'm quite sort of orderly about but um in terms of kind of things on on tables and and stuff like that i don't know that all again is is in trays but i think i'm regretting that because i think pots on tables are probably better because the number of times i have i don't have a pencil i don't have this i don't have that when actually if it all just went back into the middle of the table at the end of a lesson i'd probably save myself a good at least 20 minutes per day yeah i'm you know i'm probably the worst person to to talk to on this because you know i i have taken books home and ironed them before children's workbooks because of the dog ears on them i hate that you know so that probably says more about me than it does about the effectiveness of that as a teaching strategy i'm gonna throw them to home and act- sorry i have to stop them. you there yeah you took children's books home and ironed them yeah so you know the ones that you write in those books whatever you call them like the work books exercise books yeah exercise that's it exercise books exercise books so if you you know and it made me think of it because you said about putting them in the trays i would never let them keep them in their trays because they get dog-eared and the corners get damaged and yeah yeah, so i you know i take them home and the first thing i do is of course i'd strim them strim the edges um, you take just a millimeter off there but it takes off the edge of any uh work sheets that have come out you know, like that uh, that aren't stuck in straight. 
that, that's another pet hate of mine. I hate to have seen that paper flap. But yeah, then uh, obviously the quick iron on the cover, just obviously turn all the dog ears back out first. A little bit of a quick iron and lovely and lovely and neat and pristine again. Not on a hot setting. You don't want to burn them. I'm not I'm not concerned about the setting. I'm concerned <laughs> that this is this is an activity that you partake in. And I, I yeah, we need to have a separate conversation about this because I'm worried about you. I mean, like, you know, there are workload pressures That's and there fantastic. are workload pressures, aren't there? You know, I, I'm <laughs> speechless and I'm really speechless. But I, Nathan, I did not have you down as a book ironer and meticulous. I, like a I, military efficiency. I I'm going to throw to Miss Evans because I, I feel like, I feel like like a kindred spirit in Miss Evans that she's <laughs> going to say, you know, she has an immaculate classroom and that it, everything is, you know, pens are lined up exactly at 90 degrees on the desk. All of that exactly too soon. I, I think, you know, I found a kindred spirit there. Miss Evans, are you going to back me up here? Tidy classroom all the way. Well, I don't have a classroom. Um, I have okay. an office and then I am mobile. Um, but I am very funny about I mean, I have a member of my department who is incredibly organised. I mean, it, it's 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 impressive. So I always aspire to be a little bit more like her. Um, but yeah, I all of my units in the classrooms I teach in, the exercise when I the students put the exercise books away in the cubby hole, they have to be all lined up, or the textbooks have to be in the right way. I don't like things sticking out of books; they've got to be trimmed down and stuck over the workers are flap, so it's not got its own page and it's not wasting paper and nothing sticking out. Um, I'll go around and tidy things. Um, I tidy people's rooms when I'm in them, so I probably irritate half my department because I go around picking things up off the floor and tidying their desks. Um, so I'm a meddler, probably as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't no, like an, I don't yeah. like a messy classroom. I understand to an extent you might have piles of work or something that you're doing or something you're going to tidy up later if you're very busy. Um, but I just can't stand clutter and mess in general. Perfect. Uh, Gareth, we've lost you there for a second. You dropped down. Hit that uh, join again link, uh, and, unless you're doing something important, of course. Oh, no, he's back. Gareth's back. We've got him back in. Um, now, um, I'm going to give some, some things here, Lucy, that I have pulled up again, working away here. This is from timestead.com. Important things for why you should keep a tidy workspace, okay? Right? So, number one is it reduces sickness, right? Sickness and illness, uh, in in what sense? Like, I, I think this is just general working. So I guess maybe they're talking about, like, a, an untidy kitchen or something. But, yeah, of course, you okay, know, well, cleaner, no, that, that's, just, that's just gross. Like, there's, I mean, classroom, you know, and also, can I just say, there's a difference between messy and unhygienic. Like, there are, they are distinct things in my mind. Hey, look, these aren't my thing. This is from this website that I pulled up at the first on Google search. Uh, improved okay. efficiency and use of time. Surely. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. improve efficiency. I mean, can't you. Okay, um, shared workspace and better collaboration, right? Like Miss Evans is saying, if you're sharing workspaces, if other people are coming in, better collaboration if it's tidy. Yep, I definitely can't argue. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna do like struggle to justify this when it goes into room 101, then where we stick your whole classroom in. Yeah, less well, clutter, I mean... less stress, right? Useless papers are taking up space in your drawers, trays, and desks. Do away with them immediately. Get rid of the stress. Uh, how does that sound? Uh, 
I mean, I I partially agree with that, but then like I go back to the kind of I am that person who you know when it's organised chaos, I know where everything is. Mm. So in knowing where everything is, that doesn't that doesn't stress me out. But to someone who's quite meticulous, if they saw that, they'd be like, they'd, yeah, yeah, they'd have a when I when I have to come there. in and cover your PPA. That, then there is a lot of stress for me, right? <laughs> I have to come in, can't find a board pen, can't find, you know. Oh, no, those, those inter- you can find. Those you can find because I'm actually, I, I have um, every color of the rainbow and uh, they're just, they're, they're there. You'll see those. Okay. All right. The last one then is it inspires confidence and gives a good impression. I Yeah, it, yeah. And I think that's what my old head was 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 getting at uh, when he said to me, you know, because you can see my my um, my desk is kind of the first, one of the first things you see as as you walk in, and that actually has spurred me on to to be better about it. I also um, am much better about throwing away bits bits of paper because I used to be kind of post it queen, and then I discovered, and this is hilarious, but I discovered that actually on your computer you can have sticky notes. Um, because there's a sticky notes app which I which I love and is great and I use and I use a lot more. So think thing little things like that have just kind of revolutionized my my uh my messiness and um when you realise that there are and also when I hold um meetings in my classroom as I do quite regularly with parents coming in and all the rest of it, you can uh I've had uh, in the past before I sort of started to tidy up a bit I uh, you could see the 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 reaction on some people's faces like oh this is this is the this is the person teaching my children so I do yeah I do get behind what what you are saying there but I think also when we're talking about clutter as 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 well I feel that this is more to do with in my mind it's less about kind of you know the sort of organized chaos and more about kind of the stuff that you actually keep in your classrooms so for example things like if i do a science experiment or if i'm doing dt once it's done it is gone because that that to me is kind of you can't have all that kicking around you know you you do what you need to do with that stuff and then it goes back and lives where it lives whether it's in you know your science cupboard maths cupboard whatever whatever it is so to me in terms of decluttering that that is important so yes while my classroom is very lived in there's not stuff in there that should not be in there or is not being used okay right so i i feel like we've had you know we've we've uh, skirted across the spectrum from me ironing books to you know the the, 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 past that, I'm sorry. the the you know for want of a better description stig of the dump that your classroom is you know Rude. Uh, no, I think <laughs> did you ever burn a book Me? yeah um, I, I don't think i like i've been through this story recently about like i i often have to tell the story about the um sticking the um whiteboards in the dishwasher and bending them all because they're not heat resistant because you can't dishwasher whiteboards because the plastic they're made of isn't heat resistant, it sent them all wobbly and bent them all. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you know, I, I like clean, I like tidy. Yeah, I took my whiteboards and I would bleach them so that they were white. You know, all of those things. You know, I like, I, I like, a, I'm, I'm, I've gone really high and <laughs> justifying myself. I, um, I was a bit out there, Nathan, with some of my views, but we found out a few more things about you this evening. Interesting. I don't know who's going to need more therapy after this, me or Nathan. Do, do you know what? It's just one of those things, Lucy. And, and uh, I did work with one of, one of my old caretakers. 
uh, used to find it hilarious at staff Christmas meals and things because he used to move my cutlery so it wasn't straight. Um, and he just did that for the whole evening and watched me straighten it back out and lay, re- relay the, the, the cutlery on the table. So, yeah, like, I, I don't know. That, that, that's normal, I think. Anyway, it's not about me, Lucy. <laughs> no, you're just idiosyncratic, Nathan. That's fine. I like things in a straight line. I don't know. I don't that's think that's. Fine. I think mean, that's unreasonable. Um, that's right, but I, so... I think. I think we should. I think we should. Um, I don't know how we'd ever pull this off, but uh, co-teach for a day or do something like that, and that it'd be. Uh, I think. I think you would kill me with before morning <laughs> break. Just I'm drawing lines and stuff, sticking things in straight. Um, right, Gareth, you have the like the last pitch on this. Since you brought this to the table, you have like the last pitch of untidy classrooms. And and, and there is kind of a, a vague line here. We're accepting uh, work untidiness and, and things. And we're not talking about the extreme of my behaviour. But what's your last pitch on putting untidy classrooms into Staff Room 101? Uh, ultimately, it benefits impact. Uh, it, it impacts on people learning. A tidy classroom benefits and impact uh, and impacts on people learning. That's where I'm going. Okay, so you have heard it, audience. Uh, a tidy are untidy classrooms. Should we put? Oh no, I've phrased that the wrong way. If you want untidy classrooms to go into staff room 101, you have to do the down sign like Caesar at the gladiator. Are you going to kill off untidy classrooms? Is it thumbs down to get rid of them or thumbs up to save them? Thumbs down to get rid of them. Thumbs up to save them. So thumbs down. Lots of thumbs down for untidy classrooms. I can see Miss Evans there, Brent. Thumbs down. Max down at the bottom there. I, I think, Gareth, congratulations. It is in Staff Room 101. They have gone. Cheer sound effect. I don't think I have sound effects, do I, Lucy? Uh, I think no. you do. Well, I don't know. I don't know where they oh, are. Yes, I do. I have a soundboard, so I think you do too. I'm not going to play with it now, though. <laughs> sound effects clapping. Da, da, da. It's in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it. Lucy, that was fantastic. I love that. <laughs> it's love your little magic thing. wand at the bottom, Nate. Oh, that's made my day. Oh, yeah, there is a lot of choice there. I'm not going to press those. Um, right, so um, we have, if you are listening now and there is something that you want to get in to Staff Room 101, now is the time to put your hand up, hit that call in button, jump in. Uh, share your thoughts. What do you hate about education? Can you get you? Can you get it past our panel of people, our discussion, for it to be got rid of? We will bin it off. I promise. This is for goods. This is the whole weight of TT Radio, Teachers Talk Radio behind it. We will honestly get rid of this thing. It'll be locked away. Lucy, do you want to oh. hear the list again? Yes, I do. Go on. Okay. Now, if you are already a caller, feel free to jump in and shout out if any of these take your fancy. Um, but we have left the year four times table check, which is a thing in England where you have to learn all your times tables up to 12 by 12. Uh, we have fronted adverbials. We have compulsory PE. We have single sex schools, non-striking teacher unions, class sizes of more than 30, uh, traditional gradings of sort of A to E. I don't know why they've forgotten the F and the G on that. Um, external CPD. RAG meetings, which we don't know what it is. The upper pay scale, which blows my mind. I don't even know why that's been suggested. I need to find out who suggested that and get back to them. Or the the contracted hours thing, the directed time, uh, 1265 hours, 1265 hours that we have of directed time. 
Uh, Missy H, you've been with us. How you know, governors was okay. You still free to talk? Hi, yeah, yeah. I'm multitasking, but I'm I'm free to talk. I'm here. I'm here. You sound so bubbly. Me, uh, you know, I, I realised that Gareth, me and him, we started talking a little bit of Welsh there, but he said he was really tired, and I agreed, and that I was <laughs> tired as well. And you've said that you've been like at meetings. You sound like you've just got up fresh as a daisy, first cup of coffee. No, I, I don't know how I've done it. Honestly, obviously, I work in a crew, and then I came home. Um, I had a union meeting, and then straight after, full body governor's meeting, and then straight after, I came on here, and you guys got me on stage. Oh, gosh. I'm so full of it. Right. Is there anything that's uh, got your goat at the moment? Anything that's, uh, you know, you're not liking? Anything from that list that jumps out? Oh. Sorry, I'm trying to remember the list. I'm trying Fronted to. Fronted adverbials. Mm-hmm. Give, give me that's the oh, sorry. Compulsory PE. <laughs> Do you like PE? Yeah, let's go for compulsory PE. Go on, let's let's. Have Everyone having to do PE. This is going <laughs> to absolutely brutally divide education here. Uh, I am interested to see which side you fall on it. You, you, so you would like to get rid of compulsory PE to make oh, it optional. Oh, sugar, is that what I'm or, voting for? Sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry. The one you, you just picked. I, I know. I, I don't know why I'm doing this tonight. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm tired. That's I'm so right. sorry. Um. No, oh, can someone else go before me and can I comment on it? I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'll, do you know Thank what? you. I'll let My Lucy mind. pick and, Thanks, then, Lucy. and then we can come back to you for a thought because you you've completely lost the rules of the game there. I'm so <laughs> sorry. It's <laughs> been a long right. day, Nathan. You didn't get the memo. Come on. That's fine. That's fine. Well, I did say like I was surprised that you were joining it. Lucy, <laughs> what would you like? I'm, what are we going to pick to get rid of? As a loather of... of... Bag, I'm gonna go for the fronted adverbials because I did not know what a fronted adverbial was till I was 26 years old and I teacher trained. I had gone through my entire life n- with no clue, and I'm talking degree, master's degree, and the vast majority of my PGCE with uh, not a Scooby. I have never looked at a thesis or anything I've written and gone. Do you know what? That would really sing with a fronted adverbial. I still can't remember how many types of them there are. I have to look it up every single time. And I just find that actually over time, when you teach children that there are certain phrases at the start of something that can have a comma after them where a natural pause is, they end up doing it anyway. That was very, very ranty. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. And so um, I'm trying to remember, I think in England, they come in broadly around maybe year three, year four, certainly key stage two, probably early on. Um, I want to say year four. Year four, you know, I think it's around that. I used to love them. A fronted adverbial for those listeners, according to BBC Bite Size, uh, is... uh, So adverbials are words or phrases that give more information to a sentence. Fronted adverbials are things like earlier today, comma, I discovered fronted adverbials. So the earlier today bit gives it a little bit of extra detail. It's an adverbial. But coming at the start of the sentence in that way, it's now a fronted adverbial. So that's what we're talking about, yeah? But what are the types? There's time, manner, place. Oh, gosh, I've forgotten that. I think there's at least two more. I'm going to tell you now. Time, frequency, place. Um, I can't quite read because the picture... Time, da, 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 um, manner and degree, those are the ones. Oh, possibility, yeah. Time, yeah. manner, place, possibility, frequency. So things like afterwards, that's a time one. Often, that's a frequency one. 
above the clouds that's a place one sadly that's the, a manner you know, sadly i opened the door yeah. um, and degree um it's possibility you know, is, uh, so like uh perhaps comma i should do this yeah so that's the degree of it um so i'm going to throw straight now to miss evans as an english teacher surely these are the most important parts of english language and all children should know them and be able to define them and spag spag stuff like that um well we don't have to teach or well in primary school in wales we don't have to do this like kind of level of grammar in primary school um which I, I i don't i don't agree with teaching that level of grammar i think it's important to teach students how to construct sentences correctly um and i think if you overcomplicate it then it means we have students come, coming up into secondary who can't write with clarity so sometimes by making the teaching of grammar and sentence construction too difficult students struggle then to actually produce clear coherent sentences that clearly convey what they're trying to get across in a main idea um like you know when they get up to gcse we have to write descriptively you know i'll teach them prepositional phrases prepositions we'll teach all of that kind of stuff we'll look at different types of sentences uh, i do like the idea of students learning um when they're younger simple compound complex sentences how to affect how to use a comma correctly or an apostrophe or looking at how to use a subordinate clause maybe not necessarily using that phrasing with your seven i call it additional information because i tend to find if you give labels and names for things that overcomplicates it children tend to do better they learn grammar through reading and they do it through practice and through examples they don't necessarily need terms and labels when they're young i just think it confuses everything it makes it too complex so I think um, different types of sentence construction and sentence types so that they can vary their sentence construction is a good idea. I think focusing more on basic punctuation and the idea of clarity and coherence is, I think, more important than worrying about different types of adverbials and, and, and fronting things at the beginning of sentences. I just think all of that in primary school is very unnecessary. Okay, see, I am a massive fan. Like, I'm, I'm going to just pull up here. Like, as far as, you know, we were, I was always uh, taught or to teach that, you know, the importance of these is about, you know, uh, shifting the, the emphasis of a sentence, particularly in things like uh, instructional writing, where, you know, um, where to do something or when to do something is an important part that you need to give first. So hit the nail on the head gently you should say gently because that's the most important part you know if you're gonna if, if you're gonna hit it hard so that shift in the emphasis is important obviously in uh, more um, fictional writing or more descriptive writing is changing the rhythm of how we write and for different impact um, you know quietly he tiptoed into the the room shifts the impact makes you imagine that thing first so a lot of that stuff coming in uh, Gareth I'm going to ask you now. So, Gareth, are you, are you teaching in Wales currently? Oh, I'm not sure if Gareth... Lucy, you're still there? I'm still here, yep. I don't know if Gareth can hear me there. He, right, might, um, he, he might have wandered off to deal with a, a, a young child. A thing. Yeah, definitely. So, we, we can always come back to him. Uh, so, um, before we go to Missy H, I'm going to give her plenty of prep here, Lucy. What are, you, what, what are your thoughts, then? If we don't like fronted adverbials... Is it that you want to teach them later? Is it that you don't want to teach them at all? Is it the language of it? You know, where is where is the problem? It's it's the over over grammaring 
I think it's it's where it's it's pretty much what what I could I was singing and dancing as 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 Miss Evans was was talking because I think that's exactly right. You cannot be teaching. I mean, it's not advanced linguistics, but it feels like it sometimes to children. And I've got kids in in year five who still some of them can't confidently, you know, use kind of basic syntax or, or a full stop correctly or, you know, know their kind of basic word classes like, uh, you know, verb, noun, adjective, etc. So without that and without kind of the, the sort of the basic construction of you know of language how on earth can i expect them to do to do anything more also yeah there is that natural exposure through what through what they're reading and uh you know i do think that there often is a disconnect between what children read and how they translate that into their own writing but that also i think means that we need to look at primary english teaching overall and that's a, a longer conversation for another time but i just the the nitty gritty I think often in primary takes away from just getting children to actually write something and enjoy that writing process. We can kind of get to yeah get to the harder part later. I feel. Yeah, and of course you know it probably is worth noting there. You know, as Miss Evans pointed out, this is a very English uh, thing that we did, and I remember specifically that you know that 2014 curriculum when it came, the Gove reforms uh, came in, and I remember being told things like you know. Uh, a child couldn't be uh, a, a greater depth writer because they hadn't used free fronted adverbials in that piece of writing and all of this horrible stuff that came around at the time. I'm going to throw to Missy H, though. Shaniqua. Hi. Hello, Nathan. Hello. You, primary teacher, right? Yes. Yes. Year five okay. and four at the moment. So, right, fronted so, adverbials. Yeah. Those are the ones. And actually... You know, it's like what Lucy said, like once upon a time, I didn't really hear about them. And then, you know, I learned what they were as an adult. And I just feel like there's such a push for fronted adverbials, especially I'd say year four and five, you know, there's this big push. But um, I just feel like it overcomplicates things. Like I was fully shaking my, no, I was agreeing. I was nodding my head with Miss Evans and Lucy because I was just like, you know, some of my kids, they just got to get the basics. Um, covered, you know, get their punctuation up up to date. Uh, full stops, capital letters in the right places. And sometimes fronted adverbials, there's just this push that you need to insert so many fronted adverbials into your writing. I just, yeah, uh, I just believe it's become such a priority. And, you know, it's become such a complicated thing when, you know, every cousin I've got, Anytime they stress about homework and their parent says, oh, Shaniqua, can you help? It's usually to do with fronted adverbials. So, you know, not, not, not the biggest fan in that sense, in that sense. But yeah. OK, well, I, I, I feel this is going only in one direction. Uh, I'm going to throw back, see if Gareth, Gareth wanted to add anything. Gareth? Uh, I'm, think, back. You know, I'm back. Oh, Sorry he's back. That's all right, Gareth. We've been talking about fronted adverbials, and I was asking, are you, are you a teacher in Wales? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and do you teach secondary, primary? Primary. Okay. So, you know, I'm not sure if you've caught up on, the, the, we've been talking about in the English system, this push in year four for fronted adverbials, and kids must understand fronted adverbials and use fronted adverbials. What's your experience of that? What do you think about this kind of big grammar push? Bear with me while I Google it. Oh, and I'll, and I'll give you an answer. <laughs> that, is a, that is a fair answer. I love because... this. I love this. <laughs> this, is, this is just proving the point and it's delicious. 
Lucy, it's an entirely different thing. You know, I move back and across, across the systems. And, you know, fronted over, it's not a thing here, man. Like, you know, not in the way it is in England. Really? That push on grammar. But also, the, the what bothers me about this, above and beyond anything else, and again, this is a longer rant for another time, but you can have a child, and this is what you touched on, Nathan, you can have a child who's written the most beautiful story, narrative, whatever it is, whatever style of writing, but if they haven't included a tick list of nonsense, uh, then they can't have reached a certain point. I, no, sorry. It, it, it's, it's just, it's, the, the focus is, is all wrong, certainly at, at primary level. There is absolutely a place for, for, for these things, but not in, not in primary school and certainly not for, for eight, nine-year-olds. Like in, and again, in year four, these children are still finding their voice and they're still sort of figuring out a lot, a lot of different things and, and, and how they want to, to express themselves. So to throw in the idea that they're not going to reach a certain level unless they include what is actually quite, yeah, advanced grammar points, then I, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly and I'm, I'm not here for it. Sorry, okay, Gareth, Ga- I interrupted Ga- you. Yeah, no, it's all right. Gareth's back. He's been on Google. What do you think? I have other gone on Google to be honest. Um but we've we've been looking at grammar and then echoing the things that Lucy's just said there that the cohort I've got, we found across our school years has been most impacted by COVID. So actually we're still covering things in terms of social skills, literacy skills and numeracy skills they will have done in year one and two. Um so we're finding that gap is still quite prominent. And to be honest, I'm not gonna start delving too deep into grammar. We have covered it a little bit this week, but it's appropriate to their age range and kind of the, the skills that they need at this age. Certainly. Now, that then leaves us with the... I mean, I think we know which way this one's going to go uh, because most most of the conversation has been in one, one, one direction. I've tried to say, you know, I think some of this is important. There are some bits where an understanding of it is quite useful like in an interesting way, maybe not in a useful way, but in an interesting way, and particularly at higher levels. So we are going to vote, and 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 then you know we we might quick fire a few, but we are going to vote. And remember, it is we are doing Roman gladiator style. If you want to save fronted adverbials, you give a thumbs up. If you want them to be put to the gladiator's sword and go into Star from One Hundred One Forever, it is a thumbs down, much like. Uh, you know, the Roman emperors of old. Do we want to keep, save our um, fronted adverbials or do we want them to be put to the sword? Uh, it looks like, Lucy, I would say, oh, no, we've got a few thumbs there. Some people saving the front of the adverbials, but it looks like overwhelmingly, Lucy, uh, fronted adverbials have, have gone. They're in staff room 101. Hurrah. I love that sound effect. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, this is this is going to be my thing now. I'm going to be playing around with the sound effects in my. You know, I'll set up a separate space and uh, we won't record it, but we'll we'll, we'll have a little, little one. So we've got a few more bits and pieces left. Um, anything been bugging you particularly this week? Uh, if you're listening in, give us a call. Tell us what from education you'd like to get rid of. Uh, you can hit that little call in button. Join us live. You can tweet us, of course, at TT Radio Official. Uh, and, and we'll share it there. There's a little button down there, a little like a speech bubble down in the other corner where you can hit that and it will tweet it into this space as well. 
uh, and we can discuss it. Otherwise, it will be up to myself, Lucy, and maybe some of our callers Mr. to pick Mr. something. Mr. James Wilson has said coloured pens. I'm not quite sure what he's got against coloured pens. That's a funny one. Do, do you know what, Lucy? Coloured pens, and unfortunately Tom HB has, has left us, is like, uh, he, he has the most ridiculous, and honest to God, this this, this is what, he, he he just picks up a pen and marks in it, and this just blew my mind, right? So he would just pick up any cut pen of any colour and mark in it, and that's it. See, I do now because I we they're not strict on us uh, at um, where I am now, but I don't miss the times where you had to have, what was it, two highlighters, three pens. I mean, I do think having a certain colour for things that are great and a certain colour for things that need looking at uh is 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 good but uh it's got to be within the realms and this you know again there's probably another thing that could go on you know mark schemes and all the rest of it it's something we could rant about for a long time but yes i think that a sort of uniform thing across the school that's sensible is fine is 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 necessary not in my school of order and ironed books lucy is not is it in my school of order, where I'm ironing the books, when I'm a head teacher and the worst head teacher in the world because I'm ironing everyone's books and I'm demanding they mark in one coloured pen. Missy H, are you, are you a pen rebel, colour pen rebel? Um, I might, do, yeah. do you know what? I like a red pen, uh, which is <gasps> controversial. I know that's oh. controversial, isn't it? Uh, why? Oh, oh, everyone's going, oh, oh gosh, guys. Um, but I also like a green pen. I also like a purple pen. So what can I say? But no, I, I'm marking like a red pen. But it's okay where I am. But is I, it not okay where you guys are? Gosh. I, I think it was drilled into me at some point. I think I was I trained to teach at a certain point where mm-hmm. there was this myth that like red pens were bad, right? You cannot put red in a book. It is psychologically damaging for young people. And, yeah. you, you know, like, they, they, I don't know if it's true. I don't even know where it came from. But certainly I was drilled on. You do not mark in red because mm-hmm. red is bad. And that's why everyone marked in green. Yeah, I think I think I where the pink know. and green thing came from. No, I think the pink just came from people like like, you know, like ours was tickled pink, I think. So it was oh, like gosh. really, really Ugh. good, like tickled pink, green for oh, growth, purple oh, polishing pens. Tinctures oh like God. alliteration, right? Whoa. <laughs> but you had to no, use the Nathan, right one. No, Nathan, right you one. like alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> like order and stability. I like things being in the right place. Uh, Miss Evans, do, do you have like a, a specific pen colour? Surely you are shocked and appalled by Shaniqua marking in red, right? Well, I mark in green because it's school policy, but mm. I, moderate in, <laughs> I moderate in red and purple. I do like a red pen. Ah, see, um, see. you know nothing. Nothing wrong with a little bit of red. <laughs> and, oh gosh, uh, this Gareth... is going to be a different kind of pen gaze, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to. There's yeah. going to be Twitter yeah. mutiny after this. And now you're trying to cause controversy. Like, come on, guys, that's, yeah, come on, that's Nathan. What we, that's what we have to do here. I <laughs> like, mean, it feeds off controversy. That's the, that's the whole point of the space, isn't it? To cause arguments I... and debate. <laughs> I'm not very good at it in reality because, like, I like everything and I'm a bit grumpy, but really, I, I find everything funny. Gareth, are, are you, are you uh, a specific pen colour you like there? 
I think I've lost him again, loose. He's wandered um, off again. I don't even know. Who did you say sent this request in? Are they this in the was, space? This was Mr. James Wilson. I was just uh, going through tweets. But I also, um, He's come and gone. has also said ironing wowzers as well. So someone else who thinks that your book ironing is a slightly strange habit. Um, going back to, I think, the... Um, I think this was leading towards the fronted verbial thing. Lee Nan has said, um, Samantha Evans, Evans Evans is speaking to my dyslexic soul, confusing the English language makes neurodivergent students disengage. Keep it basic and focus on those capable learner skills. Um, I think that's it from the Twitter sphere. Yeah, you know, I think English language is already confusing enough because there isn't really an English language. There's this weird mix amalgam of loads of different languages and if you took out all the norman french we'd have half as many words and if you took out all the um the, the, the norse viking words we'd have even less and then you've got you know the, the kind of the words we took from the empire so we've got a lot of uh, indian words in there that we use you know we borrow so many that it makes it an absolute nightmare um I, you know i so i think there is that as well um, you know, English language is already complicated enough. Right. Oh, I can see Paul has uh, has requested to join there. I'm just going to add him just to see. We've got five minutes left. We'll see if Paul's adding something new to the mix, or maybe he is a red pen user. We'll just see if that's connecting. Paul, you with us? Oh, Lucy, am I still here? Oh, maybe I've lost everyone. I'm still here. I'm still here. You're still here. I, 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 Miss E's still here. Is it just Lucy I've lost? Oh, you know, things go crazy. And I think maybe we have come to the end. And so I'm sorry, Lucy. If, you know, I, I think we're going to call it a day there. We have ranked and we have ordered and we've got rid of a lot of things. So we're going to tie it up. It's five minutes early but I seem to have had technical problems right at the end. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Shaniqua. Thank you, Gareth, Miss Evans, everyone who's joined and listened. We will wrap it up and we will send it on its way. Uh, all of those things in Staff Room 101. We'll save the rest for later. We'll see you all next time. And uh, Nostar from here in South Wales. Good night, everyone. See you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.